Amen. You may be seated. Yeah. I heard somebody still excited. Amen. Oh, it's good. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah, the youth group are dismissed 6 through 12. We had the youth Christmas party Friday night. Uh, I was down here for it. Um, I'm getting old. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, but anyway. Okay, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. All right. Everybody settled in? You ready for today? Last, last Sunday, if you were here, uh, we began a, a three-week series simply called, are you ready for this? The Christmas Story. Pretty complicated. The Christmas Story, we uh, started that last week, and uh, we, it's, a, it's a series designed to examine the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And last Sunday, in Luke chapter 2, we examined the circumstances uh, leading up to the birth, uh, the birth of Jesus, uh, along with his birth in the manger. We discussed all those things, and you can find that uh, on our Facebook page. We went into in-depth detail on, on Luke chapter 2 last week. I thought it was uh, fun, and it was fun to study, learn some things I didn't really uh, know before. Hopefully, you guys got a lot out of it. So, uh, through that challenge, through that, that story, through that message last week, the challenge uh, was uh, how do we respond during uh, this uh, wonderful time of year? And there were some things we brought out. I'm not going to dive back into that, but I would encourage you to go on our Facebook page and uh, look at that message um, and be encouraged. This week, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we'll have the scripture for you as well as we progress through our, our message. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2 as we examine the Christmas story. And then next week, so we're, we're looking at uh, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, different accounts. We're looking at different things as you'll see today. And then next week, the deep theological thinking of our children, they're going to come in and they're going to take this story. And they're going to tell it to us. They're going to describe it in detail. They're going to act it out. So if, if you couldn't connect any of these things we're talking about, you want to be here next week. Because they're going to bring it all together and you're going to go, oh, I get it. Oh, you're going to get it all right. <laughs> so that's our, that's our series this week. So I'm glad that you're here with us today and, and I pray you're going to be blessed. But speaking of Christmas stories. Have you heard this true story uh, of a church that was putting on their annual Christmas cantata? Part of their ritual during this, uh, this traditional cantata that they put on, part of it uh, had the choir coming in from the back of the church uh, singing, uh, Oh, come all ye faithful. And it seems in this church, in the center aisle as they come down, about three quarters of the way down, on the floor was a huge uh, grate that heated the building. You know, we, we don't have one here. Ours are on the wall. But it was a big grate. How many of you have ever seen those in older buildings? It was a heating grate. And, and most of the time, those heating grates are, are pretty small grates. So, you know, you don't lose things in them most of the time. As they came up the aisle during their tradition, the choir 
They were separated about three pews, so there's a, a pretty good gap between each one as they come down singing this, this song. As they were coming down, unfortunately, this lady in the program, she was on her way and she had seemed to have just bought a brand new pair of high heels for this very special music that they were doing. And her high heels had a very thin uh, back or heel. Is that what you call them, ladies? Uh, a thin heel on her, on her high heels as she was coming down. Well, it seems when she gets to the grate, one of her high heels gets stuck. And she can't get it out. She's wiggling and she's trying to get her foot out of the grate. And she wants to stay calm. She's paused for a minute knowing that the gentleman is coming up from behind her. So she quickly pulls her foot out and limps up the rest of the way singing this song. The man behind her has seen what happens. Has happened. And he, he sees the lady's shoe stuck in the grate, and he doesn't want the choir to be embarrassed and everybody to see the shoe. So out of his wisdom, he decides he's going to bend down and grab the shoe for her and tuck it away. Well, he bends down to grab the shoe, and it won't come up. So he gives it a big, hard twist. And as he twists it, he pulls the whole grate up with the shoe. And again, he doesn't want to bring laughter or embarrassment to the choir, so he tucks the grate under his arm with the shoe sticking out and gracefully stays in timing, walks his way up on the platform to continue singing. And you guess it, the next, the next man fell into the hole. <laughs> now, let, let us hope and pray the bridge kids do not have something like that happen next week. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Christmas, it is a, a wonderful time of year. Let's pray and then turn to Matthew chapter 2. Father, we thank you for our time together. God, enlighten our hearts and our minds, Lord, by your spirit. Open us up to, to truly receive what you have in this wonderful story of sending your son, of, of you becoming a fully man and fully God in the flesh, God with us. God, that it wouldn't just be something that we just do out of tradition each year, that we would truly, as we talked about last week, just take a good look. Lord, and I pray that you would just move in this place and touch our hearts and minds. May we receive what you have for each one of us this special day. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to, if you want to just hold your place, we're going to read through, I believe we're going through verse uh, 12, if memory serves me right, but we're going to read a few verses and discuss a few things as we go. So after Jesus was born, now, it's believed that this, uh, what we're going to read here, it's going to take, take place about six months to two years. Jesus is now six months to two years old. This is not the night Jesus was born, Okay. I know we've lumped in the tradition of the three wise men, and it's great. It helps us have a visual image of what took place, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in, to fully understand, you must know the wise men did not show up on the very night that Jesus was born. Okay, Scripture clearly shows us that. And you're going to see a few other places that go on in this that really help us uh, truly understand that. But it's okay because it's still an awesome thing that happens here, all right? So after Jesus was born... 
In Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now last week, we saw that Joseph and Mary, who was nine months pregnant, traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which was about 80 miles. We said that would have taken about, a, it would have been about a seven-day trip. Of course, you know, once Joseph got the word, Mary got the word, like I said last week, Joseph called and made reservations, loaded up the minivan, like I said, and away they went, right? Of course not. He put his nine-month pregnant wife, more than likely, on a donkey and traveled seven days, 80 miles. We talked about that last week. And I could see all the ladies cringing in this place. That's, that's what took place. So we, we looked at that last week. It's important for us to know as we read through Matthew chapter 2 that Bethlehem was six miles south of Jerusalem because we're going to see Jerusalem and Bethlehem and it's only six miles. It's not the big distance of Nazareth and Bethlehem of 80 miles. So it's just a six mile trip for, this, for these things that are going to take place as we read on. Also, the name Bethlehem means House of bread. Interesting, interesting that uh, the bread of life, Jesus, was born in a town with, with the meaning house of bread. See, nothing God does is by coincidence or by mistake, people. Everything that he does, everything in the word of God has meaning and purpose. Jesus said in John chapter 6, Verse 47 through 51, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Bethlehem means house of bread, and the living bread was born in the house of bread. See, God knows what he's doing. Now let's look at, at the Magi, the wise men. According to the Greek historian Herodotus, the Magi were originally from uh, the Median tribe. The Medes were part of the empire of the Persians. Magi were men who were skilled in philosophy. Okay, so they studied the Torah that the Jews had. They studied that and many other things. They studied the Torah. So they knew about prophecies concerning the Messiah. That's important. So they knew about these things. They knew about, they studied medicine and natural science, which meant they studied the heavens. They studied the stars. They studied the sky. They saw, I have this for you, this statement for you here on the PowerPoint. They saw his star in the east. Something was happening in the heavens that caused these wise men to go out and seek. See, they saw something. They, they studied. They knew what the Word of God said. They knew what prophecy said. They saw something moving or happening in the heavens, this star, and they said, hey, let's go and seek. Let's be wise men. Wise men seek, right? Let's go see what's happening. So off they went. 
Now, there's many different ideas about this star. Many different ideas about this star that they, they saw. Some say it, it was a comet or the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter giving off a brilliant light, which, by the way, if you didn't know this, on December 21st this month, uh, Saturn and Jupiter are aligning once again. It's supposed to put off some brilliant, brilliant light. I believe, as I read this week, I believe last time this happened has been about 800 years. So mark that on your calendars. Some, some say that that's what it was. One thing that we do know is that it was a, a moving star, which we will see in a moment. My personal belief, again, this is my personal belief, is that it was a one-time special star put in motion and place to celebrate the greatest gift given to all mankind. We don't always have to understand and explain and figure out what it, what it was, okay? Just know that if God can breathe stars by the word of his mouth, he does not have a problem putting a special star in motion to have a great celebration of the birth of his son, right? Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, by the word of his mouth. And then it says, Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. So the stars that we see and understand throughout all the heavens were created by the word of his mouth. That's what the Bible says. He, he's a star breather. So if he wanted to breathe a special star to celebrate the birth of his son on that night, how many of you say, can say it's very doable and possible? Okay? So we have a town with the meaning bread of life, six miles from Jerusalem, wise men seeking, and a moving star. Back to the story. Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 and 9 through 9. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. If you like to write in your Bible, underline that word. And all Jerusalem with him. He was disturbed. He wasn't celebrating. When he had called together all the people, people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rules, rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Yeah, right. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. King Herod. Herod had been appointed governor in 47 B.C. In 40 B.C., he received the title of king and would reign until 4 B.C. He held power in the region, this Palestinian region where Israel was or is for 35 years. He was called Herod the Great. How many of you have heard of Herod the Great? This is what he was called. He was a ruler who, who had uh, successful, he had successfully uh, been good or successfully uh, com, um, 
controlled the area, bringing peace and order to this chaotic place where the Jews and the Palestinians, where there's constant war. King Herod, Herod the Great, had come in and successfully brought peace. He was a great builder. The Herodian palace, the mountain of Masada. He built this palace on the mountain of Masada overlooking the Dead Sea. If you ever get to go to Israel, it's just amazing. And his palace on the Mediterranean Ocean, just to name a few of the many things that he built. He could also be generous. In times of difficulty, he canceled uh, the taxes to make things easier for the people. And in, in a time of famine in 25 BC, it is said that he actually melted down some of his own gold items to feed his own people that were starving. Nice guy. Nice guy, right? Here's the deal. King Herod, he could be a nice guy on occasion, probably when it suited him, but he was also a very suspicious person. If he suspected anyone at any time, if he suspected anyone as a rival to his power, this person was quickly eliminated. No questions asked. You were taken out. Goodbye, you're gone. If he suspected you at all, it was so bad. He had his own wife and her mother, his oldest son and two other sons eliminated because he suspected that. Augustus, the Roman emperor once said this about King Herod, that it was safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Actually said that about Herod the Great. As Herod grew uh, older, his jealousy and bitterness became worse. When he was 70, he, re he retired to the city of Jericho, one of the nicest cities in the area of the time. He, he went there to retire to this, to this city. But he also decided to have some citizens, some high-class citizens, well-known citizens in Jerusalem. He wanted them arrested on trumped-up charges when he went into retirement and kept in prison. And here's the reason why. He knew that when he died, there wouldn't be any mourning, probably celebration. So he decided on the moment he died, he wanted all of those people that he imprisoned put to death because he was determined that there would be some tears shed on his day. Nice guy, King Herod. Now keep that in mind. It becomes clear as you read the story how, how such a man would feel when wise men come from the east bringing gifts, they go to him and ask about Jesus. It becomes clear of how he would feel when this news reached him that a child was born who was destined to be king. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. You see, the people of Jerusalem were disturbed because they knew what he was capable of doing if he did not find the child. 
And rightly so. In Matthew 2, 16, we read about what he did. This is uh, about where we're going to stop reading before we get there. But this is what he did after the Magi left. We'll read that in a minute. It goes on in verse 16. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in, Be in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. And by the way, this horrible atrocity was foretold by the prophet Jeremiah about 585 B.C. Nice guy. So there you see the timing that it wasn't the actual birth night. He, he knew the timing when they'd come. about. So he just said, just kill all the boys two years and under in Bethlehem and the vicinity area because I will not have anybody even with any idea that he's going to be king as long as I'm king. So now we have a town with the meaning bread of life, six miles from Jerusalem, wise men seeking, a moving star, with a crafty, wicked king. Are you following me? Back to the story. Verses 9 through 12. And the star they had seen, the Magi, in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, not a manger, they went to the house that tells us for whatever reason, after Jesus was born, remember Joseph's from Bethlehem, for whatever reason, he went back for the census, as we looked at last week. They decided to stay. And he's from there, so it wouldn't be a rare thing. So they went to the house. There's another a little snapshot to see that the timing a little bit. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So here we see the star moving as mentioned earlier. It's a moving star, folks. They, the moving star is moving. It's moving. That tells us, I always thought, well, maybe the moving star was just an angel. I think the Bible would have said it was an angel that lit up the place. It was a star. God breathed a star for a special occasion. That's like I tell you what I believe. So it's moving. There's an there's a interesting legend that tells how the star, uh, its work of guidance completed in this story, fell into the well at Bethlehem. And that it is still there and can still be seen sometimes by those whose heart is pure. Fun story, but not biblical. Concerning the Magi, or wise men, in the early days, tradition said that there were 12 of them, but now the tradition that there were three is almost universal. The Bible does not tell exactly how many, but it clearly states that they came to worship the newborn king bearing gifts. Since it mentions three gifts, most believe that there were three wise men. 
It's not really the big issue. The issue is, or the, the main thing we want to know is they brought gifts, they came to worship. So let's take a quick look at these three gifts this morning. Now much like the fact that Jesus was born in a town that meant house of bread, we could expect that three gifts, these three gifts that were brought also meant something significant, something showing the people of this time as well as us that Jesus is the king. And these gifts showed something special about that. And believe it or not, these are the very things that we can bring to Jesus ourselves. And that's what we're going to look at this morning in a spiritual sense, what these gifts mean now to us in a, in a way that we can respond. First gift mentioned is gold. Gold is the gift of a king. It was the custom of the time that no one could approach the king without a gift. And gold was thought to be the king of metals, and it still is today, amen. Gold is the king uh, of metals. This is the gift, the fit gift to bring a king. The wise men had it right. Jesus is the one true king. But Jesus also comes from a place where the streets are made of gold. Okay, they're bringing it symbolically. They're bringing this gift. They're bringing it so people can see, so we can read about it today. They're bringing this gift of gold because he's king of kings. And that's the greatest metal you can bring, the king of kings, and they bring it. Right? As a symbolic gesture. But, but for us, like I said, we can bring things before, before the Lord. So uh, where's the treasure? Put the offering buckets back out. Bring your gold in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you are panicking. Are you awake? You guys awake? It's not so much the gold that Jesus wants. Yes, we want to tithe and, and bless missionaries and all those things. But that's not what I'm talking about today. In a spiritual sense, what can you and I possibly bring to him? I don't have any gold, even if, even if I wanted to bring it to him. It's simple. We can bring our love and devotion, our love for him and our love for others, our devotion to him and his teaching to become more like him in word and deed. This is how you and I bring our gold before the Lord. Amen? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what life is all about. This is what life is all about. I say it all the time. I've figured out the meaning of life. The meaning of life is love. Jesus died because he loved us. Jesus said to love the Lord God. And he said to love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love, church. That's our goal. That's what we can bring before the Lord. Amen. To love. Isn't that awesome? The second gift mentioned is frankincense. Frankincense, not Frankenstein, as one little boy thought. <laughs> frankincense. Frankincense. It was in the temple worship and at the temple sacrifices that the sweet perfume of frankincense was used. The function of the priest, get, get a hold of this. This is, this is so awesome, you guys. Listen to this. The function of the priest is to open the way to God for men and women at this time. The Latin word for priest is uh, pontifex, which means, are you ready for this? Which means a bridge builder. Pontifex, a priest. 
He's a bridge builder. The priest is the one who builds a bridge between human beings and God at the time. This is what Jesus did. He opened the way to God when he went to the cross for our forgiveness of sins. He made it possible to enter the very presence of God, right, for us. The gift given by the wise men was given to show this. They brought frankincense because the priest would, would light it. The aroma would go up at the temple worship, right? Because it signified it was a bridge building because Jesus is a bridge builder. He opened the way. What is our gift of frankincense? You see, you and I as born-again disciples of Jesus must fully understand that we are priests. We're all priests. Did you know that? Each and every one of you. If you don't believe me, look at 1 Peter 2.9 with me. But you are a chosen people. Born again believers, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So according to the Latin word for priest, you are a bridge builder, a royal bridge builder. So your frankincense in this, this aspect, as we look at this, you see, hope, hopefully you, hopefully as you live out your faith before the world, they will smell the frankincense. They will smell Jesus on you. A bridge builder for them to come and know him. Let that sink in for a minute, you guys. You're a royal bridge builder in the kingdom of God. Amen. You should smell, the people should smell Jesus on you. They should see something different about you in the world as you go out in the world that causes them to ask, what do you have that I don't have? Oh, I'm glad you asked, let me tell you. And then you tell your Jesus story, right? Who you were before you met Christ, how you met Christ, and what he's doing in your life now. It's that simple. And then you step back and let God be God. The third gift mentioned is myrrh. Myrrh, not purr like a kitten. Myrrh. Myrrh was used to embalm the bodies of the dead. Now, is it just me or is this a strange gift to bring a baby? Congratulations on your newborn son or daughter. Here's some myrrh. Well, gee, thanks. You see, it's not a strange thing if you're Jesus who came into the world to die for the world. Again, this is a gift speaking to the purpose of our king, to die for the sins of the world. Did you know that we can bring the same gift of myrrh to Jesus today, spiritually speaking. You see, we do it by dying to self every day and picking up our cross to follow Jesus. We become embalmed with him as a born-again disciple. It's pretty awesome. 
These three gifts that were wrong, significant, done for a reason, to show the people of the day, to show us, to show us that we can continue to give these, these gifts in a spiritual sense throughout the year. If you're in here this morning and you're getting baptized, I want to dismiss you to head out the doors and head upstairs and to get changed. And if you're on the worship team, I would love for you to join me up here if you would. So any of you that know me know that I'm not just going to read a story and hopefully dig out some nuggets to challenge you to grow, hopefully. But I always believe we have to respond. So here's where I believe the response is for each of us as we finish this story this morning. Are you guys ready for this? Wise men and women still seek him. Wise men and women still seek him. Not only can we look to the heavens and see the wonder of his creation, which we can still do to this day, we can also turn to the Bible and see how current events seem to be lining up with Bible prophecy. So we study the word of God and we watch the world and we study the word of God and we watch the world and we say, because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, signs of the times, watch them. Right? So we can see these things. We can understand them. We don't have to live in fear. Just like something was happening in the heavens that caused the wise men to go and seek, we too can see how current events should cause people to seek as well. And it's happening. I want to encourage all of you. Do not let the people of this world cause you to do, to do anything else but to seek him in a much deeper way. God knew this was going to happen, all right? He, he, knew that, he knew that in the end, some believers are going to be frustrated and maybe turn away or fall. And we know that the world is going to poke and pick and persecute and do all these crazy things, right? We, we know they're going to do it. Second Peter says this, first of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as as it has since the beginning of creation. Maybe so, but in the twinkling of an eye, it's all going to change, church. Wise men and women still seek him. We continue to seek him despite what the world says. More than ever, we should seek him in prayer, in praise, and in ministry to others. You see, this is not the time to be complacent in our faith. Now is the time to press in and seek him with all we have. Now is the time. Bring your gifts. Bring your best to the king in the spiritual sense of gold. Bring your, your best of frankincense, right? May, May people see Jesus in you and your myrrh. Be embalmed with Jesus. I'm staying with Jesus till the end. By the way, the end means the end here, but it's the beginning somewhere else, which is eternal, praise the Lord.
Would you stand with me? I asked the worship team, the song was on my heart today, uh, this week. I asked the worship team to, to sing this song, The More I Seek You. I'm going to close in prayer and I'm going to dash off like Superman and change for baptisms. But as I'm gone, as, as I'm gone for just a few minutes, I want you to search your hearts. I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to just speak directly to you today. As you see, sing these words, the more I seek you, I, I want you to be challenged in how, how can I seek the, uh, the Lord more today in the upcoming year? I, I want to dive deeper with God. I want to be closer with God. I want to seek God in a greater way. And that's how I want to challenge you today as, as they sing this song and I go get ready. Allow God to be God right now in your life. Father, I thank you so much for each person here today and perhaps watching on Facebook. Father, I thank you that you're alive. I thank you that you came as a child. Lord, I'm thankful that the wise men came, Lord, and showed us that we can bring gifts, that we can respond even to this day. I thank you, God, that men and women of today can still seek him and grow grow, grow, and grow until we take our last breath here and step into eternity with you, God. May we continue to press in and seek you with all we have. So God, as we begin to sing this song this morning, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just touch people in a very profound way this morning. Challenge them. We thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Just continue to worship him.
Go enjoy this week. Amen. Have a good day.